The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. I'm joined by Gina London, a leadership communications expert and Sunday Indoor columnist and former CNN anchor and Jared Howland, public affairs consultant and political uh, commentator and newspaper columnist as well. And where we're starting is with the front page of the Irish Times, which says there is concern over the sc- scope of abuse inquiries. And this is the suggestion that the scandal related to abuse in Blackrock College may be the tip of an iceberg because, according to Jack Power and Pat Lee in the Irish Times, there are suggestions that the Carmelite Order has confirmed 56 people have made allegations of historical sex abuse, about 21 members of that order, and they're responsible for Terenure College and the former uh, Carmelite College in Moat, and that there may be hundreds of other schools also involved. Jared. At first glance, an inquiry seems like an elegant solution. If we cast our minds back to the last time this was done, I think was it with Michael Smith back in the early 2000s, it went on for decades and cost millions. Yes, it's, it's going to be very hard to contain an, an inquiry uh, because I, I got this fundamentally wrong. I thought that after years and years of revelations that there was a sort of tapering off that most of what we had to know or find out had been put into the public domain. And I was clearly fundamentally wrong about that. And clearly there are an awful lot of people who, notwithstanding all that's been made public over decades now, held back, couldn't come forward for reasons that are intensely, deeply personal to them. And now some of those people have come forward and that has acted as another trigger. And all sorts of people from all sorts of places are now coming forward. Incidentally, seemingly, uh, from more upper class, middle class types of backgrounds and, and schools uh, that were not the focus so much uh, so so far. And what we've heard in the last week or two or three, uh, presumably, is only a small part of a lot more. So where does, does this end? And the simple answer to that question is there is no end. Because the degree of heart pain abuse that occurred uh, varies, obviously, from the extreme, maybe to the to the, to the not so not so extreme, and where what people feel about that and what school they were in. So to scope an inquiry that somehow addresses this, when actually we don't know what this is, is it simply an impossibility. The other thing then is, even if you do such an inquiry, because again, if we cast our minds mm. back, there was the, the move of the previous redress scheme where the state indemnified a number of orders that uh, related to it. The idea being that it meant that victims didn't have to go through the difficult court process to, to um, get um, compensation and recompense. But again, that became, that ran to the hundreds of millions and is still being litigated between the religious orders in the state. And. Because I wasn't here in the 2000s with, of course, these types of stories are global, unfortunately, under the under the watch of the Catholic Church or the not watch of the church. And the question that I have is who paid for that or who is that what you're talking about that they're going back and forth on? Because these inquiries need to happen. Things need to be brought out. People are some of the victims, some of the perpetrators, the alleged perpetrators are dead. But the families and the and the victim legacy and ripple effect of that goes on and on and on and the only way to ever write this stuff is to continue to investigate to continue to litigate quite frankly and to find ways that there is accountability if this church or other churches for that matter but if this type of is expected to be continue in some form how can you continue to have a system 
that people go and have their communions and their confirmations and call themselves Catholic under this cloud until this cloud is parted and a new reorganization is systematically rolled out with that accountability course, and the financial rep- well, responsibility the, 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 the liability and particularly the financial liability becomes a big issue, Jared, because it, it isn't as simple as simply being able to say, well, if it was X order, it is they that are responsibility, they responsible, mm. because they may point to the state culpability, mm. having paid some of the teachers, having um, been part of the the setup of the educational system. So do we end up mired in legalities for the next decade over this? Of course we do. Uh, And the legalities hitherto have meant that the state, that's the taxpayer, have picked up most of the bills. In relation to the the religious orders, uh, there's two things to know about them. One is they're not as rich as they used to be. Notwithstanding the fact that some of them still have some fairly chunky assets. I'm coming to that. And some of them do have very chunky assets. So you get all the chunky assets and you get a lot of money but a lot of money you'll get from the chunky assets won't be nearly enough to cover much of this, let alone all well, of it. Money is never going to fix the harm that's been done. And no, but in our society, it has, it has hitherto always been part of the measurable recompense that we pay as a token. Sure, it needs and, to and let's not be naive about that. Right. Uh, in relation to justice, what is justice? Well, it must vary from person to person. For some, it must be simply getting this out of the inside of their head into an open space where it is said. That's it. Uh, but I come back, Gina, to the point, it's all very well to say there must be an inquiry. There must be truth. But how do you, if you're sitting in a government department or in the Attorney General's office, in light of all the lessons we've learned from inquiries in this country, scope an inquiry that isn't so wide and so loose as to be interminable? And that is a real challenge that I do not have a ready answer to. Especially when you don't have agreement from the parties that are potentially being investigated on who's going to be bearing the responsibility and they're going to be ducking behind the liability issue and the financial issue and it becomes mired. And that is the sad result of it all. Especially for those dreadful victims and the families. And were you, you say about the, the mire, um, Gina? The, if I go back to what the Carmelites have said, they say that those 56 people have made allegations of abuse. It's against 21 members of the order. 12 of those are dead. Yes. And three are former members of the order. So the, the, the liability and the difficulty in actually getting to truth and justice in such a situation, it, it will not be an easy one. Yeah. While we're on the topic, by the way, of investigations and um, possible prosecutions, news from the States. <laughs> That a special prosecutor or rather a special counsel has been um, appointed to take over the potential prosecution of the former president and current presidential candidate Donald Trump. Is this good, bad or indifferent, Gina? I know I think it's good. Actually, the short answer is new president in days after president, former President Trump announced that he's going to run for 2024, which many critics saw as a way to try to duck possible indictment in the midst of all of these allegations and investigations that are going on, not the least of the Department of Justice on the mishandling of the documents and the insurrect or the incitement of the January 6 riot. So Merrick Garland, the attorney general then just yesterday has announced Jack Smith is coming back from The Hague, coming into Washington, and he's taking over a special counsel. Some say, oh my gosh, this is going to delay it forever, and it's going to have that no result that's of any strength like we saw from the former special counsel investigation under Mueller. But others say, and Jack Smith has also indicated, we've already got lots of 
all the information where the same FBI counsels and the people that are working, the agents on it, can come over and help facilitate this. And many see that, that this could be an actual formal indictment coming forward at a time when Donald Trump is using everything he can. So I think, look, we all know about Donald Trump. Unless he goes to jail or officially goes away through death or dementia, he's going to keep calling witch trial and calling foul in every situation that he can. So I think it's a good thing because it's putting a spotlight away from the Democratic appointed attorney general and Merrick Garland. But it's certainly not going to stop Donald Trump from saying that it's political, as he always does. If you're Donald Trump, I suppose the last thing you want to hear is we've got this legendary war crimes prosecutor from The Hague that we are shipping in. None of that sounds promising if you're the possible subject of the inquiry, does it, Jared? No, but he needs to be in these wars to get attention and to rally his people. So it's a paradox. On the one hand, it must be a ferocious downward pressure. At least it would feel like that to me, maybe. Yeah, don't compare yourself to Donald Trump. You're not the same (laughs) I would be worried if this was coming at me. But he needs these sort of culture wars uh, to be a victim, to stand up for other people who are victims against an establishment that is exploitative and evil. Yeah, the good news, though, for Ron DeSantis, who's looking like the other challengers, that this is an opportunity for saying, look, in the Republican Party, I'm the I'm the candidate of not chaos and not entrenched in a zillion different different uh, investigations and scandals. And I think it's it's good news for Ron DeSantis. Well, on the topic of Ron DeSantis, obviously this matters significantly. It is one of the largest and most influential countries in the world and therefore I don't want to look at it in a way that seems to be facetious or flippant. Having said that, as a spectator sport, <laughs> DeSantis is, largely and is. Trump burying their respective teeth into each other's necks is going to be some of the most entertaining it politics we've seen. It is going to be. Look, it's 2024 and we've already, we got, we're two years out already. I mean, usually it's like a year out maybe, but we're right in the thick of it, dry, I think it's going to be highly entertaining. And I think quickly that it's, that we also saw with the resignation from the leadership of Nancy Pelosi as speaker this week, we also see, as she said, a new day is dawning. And then the other two, the majority leader and the House whip, they also, all in their 80s, stepped aside for the new generation of the young, bright people in their 50s to take over in the Democratic. I th- 50s is the new bright. That's the new bright. Just, yeah, just, just, just to be clear <laughs> about that. Long may I continue here. We have the Congress in the you know ever with all the octogenarians and speaking of that to your point about the excitement and interesting circus we're going to see with the election this is potentially I think a very way to give an elegant exit strategy to Joe Biden who has of course continued to demonstrate his discombobulated way of speaking and the way that he's even though he his party did well despite his polls and inflation and all those things in the midterms this potentially is his opportunity to step aside and say I'm also going to give it to a new generation. Does he want to step aside? Well, whether or not he wants to is different or not whether he should. It all comes down, as one of my dearest friends who's a campaign strategist for the president has said, it comes down to simply two people, and that is Valerie, his sister, and Jill, his wife. They are his top, top advisors. And if they decide, look, it's too strenuous, it's too difficult in terms of physicality. I'm not talking competence, but I'm in terms of mentality. I think we need to be very clear in an ageist world that it's not just about age, it's about competency, but it's the physical rigors of running for president that is just exhausting. And I think maybe Nancy Pelosi has given him a little bit of runway for him to make that new day dawning for the presidential candidates in the Democratic Party. Meanwhile, our own president mm. has been getting... The young 
young man. Great segue. Uh, indeed, Another young man. <laughs> First flush of youth <laughs> has uh, once again tiptoed up to the edge of what is constitutionally allowable for him to say, which he seems to get a great kick out of doing because he has said that it is, he's described the housing crisis as a disaster. Uh, that it's a great, great failure. And he's also said that this notion of getting a foot on the property ladder is a, um, a specious terminology and that we shouldn't be preoccupied with owning our own homes. Yes, well, he's entitled to reflect on his own life and say he's made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> uh, I appreciate his, 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 the, the rigour of his honesty because he's a man like most people of his generation who were in decent employment, who not only were able to buy one home, some mm. of them were prudent enough through hard work to, to, buy, to buy a second. Um, that, that's his view on, on, on that now, so be it. But what he is doing is, as president, something he could never do as an elected politician, which is advocate for a big state. Sorry, he did advocate for a big state as a politician, but he never got a mandate for it during the elections of those times. And essentially what he's saying, we should have a never bigger state, but what he doesn't say or explains how it's going to be paid for or, or, or by who. And he would then step back and say, oh, well, that's for our elected politicians, don't you know? But this is complete nonsense because with his recipe comes a cost and a cost comes at a choice that displaces other options we have in our society. But is it not for the president to lay in front of us the soaring vision to which we could, should aspire and let the parliamentarians then deal with the detail of achieving that? There's a bit of that in what he says. And there's a bit of political mixing it with the political class in a way that's inappropriate. And he's he's artful at doing this. He's got away with it. He knows he's going to get away with it again. Um, He is more popular than most, if not all, of the elected politicians in the Dáil. So it's not as if that he has to walk the line. He just has to walk far enough ahead of him that they can't catch him. And he knows it. And this is it. Jared, thank you very much. That is Jared Howland, uh, public affairs consultant, uh, commentator, and of course, uh, newspaper uh, columnist. And before Jared, Gina London, big thank you to Gina as well. She's a leadership communications expert, Sunday Indo columnist, and former CNN anchor. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.